Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about dreams. The Talmud says that a, that a dream uninterpreted is like a letter unread, and that is so true. Your dreams are coded with more than you ever dreamed. Haha. Yeah. That they could be filled uh, with. Yeah. So call, be thinking of your dreams. Call in and we'll give a little bit of the dreaming structure. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have a rather backwards idea about dreams. Uh, it's uh, actually what's happening today. You have dreamed in the past. What happens tomorrow, you will possibly dream tonight, but have put in work on uh, what's going to happen tomorrow in your dream time already. So we're, we're like two parallel us's running through. Uh, the continuum, the uh, dream us and the uh, uh, 3D, what do we say, the physical, the particle us, and the dream us, and the recognizing the power in dreams is um, very much the name of the game here. On it's recognizing Earth. the power within us, and yeah. that's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. Our dreams are so powerful um, because they speak to you of things that you're not hearing. And I always think of dreams as the, the words that exist before, before language, you know, the communication that existed before we pinned it down into this finiteness of the language. And so a lot can be seen there, and it's told to us in parable form, which if you look at a, a picture being worth a thousand words, then a symbol is worth a million words. That's why Christ and Buddha and all the deities and the, the um, powerful spiritual leaders always talk in parables because they are like zip files that when they speak to you and come inside you, they unfold within you mm -hmm. because they're too big to, to make it through our ears and through our eyes. But when they're shown to us within, they're very powerful. Yeah, the brain is not quite capable of holding mm -hmm. on to all this stuff. Um, Aboriginals, since we're talking about this subject, are the people mm -hmm. who are always dreaming and therefore never, uh, very rarely does Aboriginal dream. If you go to the um, Australian website, the first paragraph apologizes to the Aboriginals, saying we didn't recognize you, we didn't know who you were, we understand now, and uh, more than likely pleased to forgive us. But this concept, the Aboriginals run a different gene message than the one we have. And um, they uh, are living the dream literally, uh, something every one of us with the normal gene message ha uh, is seeking to do. They are doing this as it is and so they would live in a very, very magic world. And we who are um, 3D, how do we refer to us? Uh, those of us with the um, gene message that we have uh, are, have separated ourselves so dramatically from uh, magic. If you go back many hundred years, magic was uh, alive. It's still alive. It's uh, rare to find a practitioner, but it is still alive. Well, uh, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. As a matter of fact, the Aborigines believe that the, the, um, the thought of something and the actual manifestation of it are all one thing. Yeah. So for instance, they think of eating a banana, then that is the exact same thing as eating the banana, that the dream time and the wake time, and they call mm -hmm. the whole spirit realm, almost like the Tao in Buddhism, yeah. as being everything, uh, that, that it's all one thing. So for instance, in our spiritual, the new spiritual movement of uh, law of attraction and things like that, it's all uh, geared around us intending for something and getting something to be attracted to us, when in actuality, 
the magical Aborigines believed and know, and know and knew then too that it's all one thing. So for us to attempt to create anything is a belief in in the separation, and, which yeah. why by default will make it hard, if not impossible, to and have. So it, the idea and the manifestation are all one thing. It helps you to then think about what you're thinking about and mm -hmm. what you're projecting out there. Yeah. Um, because so it, it is all connected. Modern man, therefore, feels separate from dreams. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And therein lies the crux of uh, what this therein. program yeah, mm -hmm. uh, is uh, here to assist you with. Uh, please stop thinking that there's a difference. Now, everybody go, what about a nightmare? <clears throat> Come over here now. <laughs> okay, so in figuring out what the nightmare is, is figuring out where your power lies. That's all that is. The nightmare is not a big deal. A nightmare is, a, everybody feels powerless all the time. Gee, what a surprise. And so a nightmare is when you're feel, feeling powerless in the dream. Uh, I know years ago you were saying uh, about um, well, opening yeah. the door that is behind. Yeah, well, well you wanna... I had had a series when I was younger. One of the things that really led me to the spiritual understandings and the things that I have now is as a very young adult, I saw the movie The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. And it really did a number on me. It sent me into a fear spiral that was so intense that it was a rite of passage into my spirituality where mm -hmm. I went through the, the 40 days in the desert where I battled my inner demons until I realized that my inner demons were really my angels viewed from a lower frequency, one that believed in fear. And that once I realized that, I was no longer subject to that. But during that time, I would have horrible, what we would call horrible nightmares, I would wake up, it's that deep electric terror that really doesn't have a counterpart in physical reality. And so I decided to start going actively and consciously in my dreams. This was probably in the early 80s, late 70s. Yeah. And so I went into my dream and this, this demon, scary character was in there that normally I would run or flee. Uh, or try to kill. I spent many years attempting to kill this in my dreams. Well, this one particular dream, I heard a, a voice in the dream, which I gained much of my spiritual knowledge through dreams. It said, doors, doors, there is always a door. Look behind the thing that is the most scary and walk toward it. And then whatever you're afraid of gets delivered to you at a higher frequency and it becomes apparent. So there was this man one time that uh, was an intern or a resident or whatever in the hospital and you know that he'd get very little sleep anyway and he was having these terrible nightmares of this big spider this tarantula that was huge it's about this big like a foot wide the body and he was having these terrible nightmares and so he went to a sleep clinic and they recommended that he confront or he say what do you have to tell me to the thing that was scary and when he did the spider turned into all the faces of the patients he had lost and so what that told him is he didn't have time to process that. Mm -hmm. and so it was coming to an, in his dreams. Mm -hmm. So there's Pierce always an through, answer. Hawkeye Pierce went through the same thing on the MASH where he was uh, a television program from pre-time, but nonetheless the program. Oh, I don't remember that. This where he was in a boat floating down a river that had the severed limbs in it as oh, he was yeah, maybe going along. That. Yeah, so that was that same, that same processing. So each of us has mm -hmm. this to one degree mm -hmm. or another. But as we are relentlessly teaching, absolutely everything turns out to be love. Mm 
And uh, so then whatever the nightmare is, it's just the love presenting itself to you in a heretofore unintelligible way. But once you can uh, uh, recognize the process, recognize the love, this is you loving you. We humans have no concept of the amount of power that we have because we do. We have enormous power. We're creating everything all the time. And it's important for us to grasp this concept. So uh, this is your opportunity. Call in with a dream that you've had, and uh, we would be very happy to show you some of the nuance that's in this dream and allow you to get a, a different perspective on your life. Because the dreams are constantly put into our reality in your soul's agenda, in your higher self's intrigue to get you to become the better you. And it's much easier to become the better you than to remain the not-so-good you. Think about it. Because the more you want to remain the not-so-good you, the longer everything takes, the more painful it is, uh, the more it costs you, et cetera, et cetera. So the idea of uh, the um, opportunity that this program at this moment represents is phenomenal. It doesn't matter if you understand the dream. Please don't be afraid. And uh, just give us a few highlights of the dream, and we'll discuss. Uh, what it is that it's actually saying to you. Sure, that'd be great. Mm -hmm. And also, maybe a little uh, formatting for people to be able to present their dream in the best possible way. Uh, one thing that, that I would like to mention before I get to there is that I, I noticed a long time ago how we say we wake up and, and fall asleep. I really feel we ascend asleep and we fall awake. That's why sometimes when you are in between the worlds and you get that startle and you feel like you're falling, that's because we really do rise up out of our bodies. And I have many experiences where I was very conscious while this was happening. But another thing that will help you to remember your dreams and to become more connected to your dreams is to act as if they really happened to you instead of saying, I dreamed such and such. Most cultures in the world really respect their dreams and they interpret it um, as being something that actually is happening on another realm instead of some pipe dream, quote unquote, or oh, yeah, you're just dreaming. We really belittle our dream life. We think of yeah. it as just some fantasy or, or miscellaneous ramblings of Any, the mind. Anything to take power from us. That's mm -hmm. been the established uh, mm -hmm. uh, progressed brainwashing that we've been uh, uh, swimming in, mm -hmm. let's use the word, uh, for the longest time. It's time to claim back our power. And one of the biggest powers you have is your ability to dream. There's an Arabic expression that states that before it can be, it must be dreamt, uh, which is the um, in the, the Dreamist book, I'm teaching the, I, and you do quite a few classes on the subject of dreaming. In the Dreamist, the idea is, and all the feedback I've gotten from the book states that I was a better dreamer after I read the book, and the people have reported beginning to dream in color. Apparently, this is not so well known um, as I had thought. I thought, I can remember the first dream I ever had that was in color. And ironically and synchronistically, it was a stop sign that I dreamt of. Mm. So I stopped dreaming in black and white. Or I, it's a big tell now if it's a black and white dream versus a color dream, or a dream that seems to be devoid of color without being in black and white. So mm -hmm. we've all had those differentiations. So, oh my God. Oh. Quit looking at me. <laughs> yeah, a charming illustration. That's I the must dream say. neighborhood watch. Yeah, there we go. So interesting, the idea of the dreamist, and uh, but uh, that aside. Yeah, the, it is the, a fun story for sure, yeah. the dreamist. Uh, and educational. 
So the idea of this opportunity to get your dreams uh, out and to find out what you're saying to you is ever so important. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a rarefied opportunity. I mean, you, if well, traditional therapy... Yeah, I'm sure the, people will call in. Yeah, yeah. The uh, traditional therapist would want to know what your dreams were so that they could have the... Uh, you know, the way in which the wheels turn well, to I, further assist you. It's very true, and the work I do with people, often it is comprised of looking at the dreams. It's powerful what, what mm -hmm. things can come through. And you were talking about color and dreams, mm -hmm. and it, it is a very interesting thing, because one time I had a dream, and as I said, a lot of my spiritual evolution and the things I've learned and the things I, I teach even today were taught to me in the dream time. Guides and teachers come to me in dreams. There was this one particular era, it was a big turning point in my life when I was about 19. It was a really, what people would call, low point in life. And I had this immense spiritual awakening. And one of the dreams involved walking around this pit. It was like a, a red clay pit, maybe 45 feet in diameter. And you could hear the sound of churning and water down at the bottom. And I had two voices. One sounded like a TV evangelist and said, come, cleanse yourself, and kept being very insistent. In the other ear, there was this incredibly soft voice that said, no, climb out. And I made that decision in that dream to climb out. And it was so much work. I woke up three or four times with my heart pounding as hard as it could possibly pound, fall back asleep, and continued the dream. Eventually, I got back up, and I stepped out of this and onto this soft green grass and it was misty and cool and I looked up and there was a cloud with a face in it and it said congratulations I'm God and I just fell to my knees in that dream and everything changed in my life after that and I was led through the dream landscape and I, f I believe we all are I believe we all yeah. are and that it's important to open up to the teachings that are in there too not just from the dreams but the experiences you have in the dream and we have uh, our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, uh, this is Carol. I've Carol. called you before. Mm -hmm. Hi, Carol. Well, welcome back. Yes. Mm, thank you. I'm glad you're talking about dreams tonight. Excellent. Yes. Do you have a yes. dream? Yes. Uh, my question is this. I lost my husband some years ago. He'll turn. And I frequently dream about him. And I guess, I guess to uh, kind of narrow the question down, in the dream, uh, and I dream a lot. I I'm a big dreamer. Um, he's not dead. He's, he's gone away, whether he left me or he's just gone. I don't understand why in my dream I don't visit the funeral home or I don't see him in the coffin or the realization is not there that he is dead. He's simply gone away, such as he left me, and I'm looking for him constantly. And last night, I dreamed that I, I actually saw him. And he was in front of a house. And I looked at the doorknob, and he gestured to me to go in. Hmm. Now, there's... He didn't, he didn't, it wasn't, I'm happy to see you, or come in, this is my house. I interpreted it to mean that this is where he was now living. Again, I, I guess my question is, why does my dream world not recognize that he is dead and continues to 
taunt me with this thing that he is out there and I just can't find him. I think, well, one thing, and then I know I'll let you yeah, go, but yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the unresolved feelings about him are still alive, and that's what it's pointing out. So that, that can be the feelings that you have, um, particularly because he's pointing to the house, and often the house can represent our own body. Mm -hmm. And so he's saying, this is my new body now. And, and in, in truth, we don't really die. We're not really gone anyway. But he could be referring to feelings. So I'd pay attention to some of the feelings in the dream. Yeah, well, there's actually quite a bit to this. The um, idea that it, it is a truth, as Mary is saying, it is a truth that he's not actually dead, that his spirit still exists and his spirit still communicates with you. And since you're a particularly adept person, uh, it keeps coming across to your conscious mind that he's haunting or he's out there and eluding. And none of that is actually the truth. But how, and however, he still has more information for you. And that was the beckoning into the house. The house is the set, the place where the action occurs. So he was saying, come in here and we will see you know, what further information there is. I know when I dream uh, several times during the lifetime, I would dream I was back in school. Uh, and uh, what I now know that those dreams represent is that there's some life lesson that I did not get the first time through. And the first time through was in, let's say, grade school or whatever uh, school I find myself back into. And uh, finding yourself in the dream where you're with the husband means that there's more uh, information to download about the relationship, about your responses, about his responses. There's just more there, and that it is now ready to come about in your life. It's now ready for you to understand what it was that that inner reaction had been, and that you can now um, grow and mature from it. So all right, darling, come on. Let's go in the house and see what's happening. And that's a very different way to look at it, rather than clouding it with the idea of the, uh, uh, the word haunting, which is not a, you don't misunderstand. I'm not saying anything the matter with you. In fact, I'm saying there's quite a bit absolutely correct about you. So this idea of him coming to show you more is a very good thing. Then the question would be, uh, what color was the house? What number was on the house? What smell greeted you when you walked in the house? There's a lot of. Uh, you know, great realms of knowledge can be extrapolated from even that small fragment of that dream. Well, another thing, too, is the number one rule of dream interpretation, or the thing you do first, let's put it that way, because there are a thousand different dream interpretation techniques. Well, it is, what part of that does that represent? Mm -hmm. So what part of you is not recognizing that he is gone? And that could be one of the greatest clues in this. Because often when someone close, as close to us as our spouse passes, we say, okay, I have to grieve. I have to get over to this thing where I'm recognizing that he's gone. But then at the same time, that can make us feel like we're betraying them to really recognize that they have moved on, at least for the, this incarnation. And perhaps he's telling you that it's time for you to move on as well and maybe let new things into your life, new people and circumstances that you may not be allowing now out of respect or some kind of loyalty or just out of sadness or something. So I would look at that. And, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. thank you, Carol. That was excellent. Mary? Excellent call. Yes. Yeah. Mary? Yes. 
Mary, can I ask you a question, Mary? You may yes, indeed. Yes. Yes. Let me ask you. I have, I have, I have recognized that he has moved on definitely because I. Yeah. Sometimes it's better to turn the. TV. I've gone on with my life. Yeah. Okay. Well. But, um, but I, I. Okay. But but I can't. I I constantly feel because I'm very intuitive. What's the delay? Uh, she's that listening he is out to there, that he is around me. Is that a wrong thing for me to feel? No, no, because that's true, too. Um, I, I would say it, just look at all these things, and all of them may hold some truth for you. There's never just one answer. And we move along in a lot of different ways, but maybe there are still some unresolved things. And if there's not, and if there, it's not time for you to see him or if it's not there, then that's okay. Just look at it and then move on. If it feels right, do it, and then if it doesn't, do that. I think yeah. she hung up because she was getting a lot of the feedback. Yeah, when you call in, it's really important to turn it down and listen on the phone. I know it can be a little confusing, but, but when you're hearing your own feedback over the TV or the computer, it can, it can get awkward there. Yeah, so just hearing. so long as our viewers mm -hmm. know to yeah. turn down the TV and I think when they get through. One other thing that Carol was saying right before she hung up, or at least this is what I heard her say, is that isn't it possible that that's actually him? And yes, and I think both it things is, are yes. true. Mm -hmm. and, and they do come around us. And that's why I was saying earlier, when he was pointing at the house, that saying, this is my new form. My mother came to me after she passed, and she did show me that she's in a, in a different form now. And uh, that was good. We have another call? Another call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Kathy. Kathy, what can we do hey. for you? Hi. Um, I had a dream. Um, my mother passed away in June, and I had not really, I, I didn't dream of her until like a few weeks ago. And mm -hmm. um, in my dream, I dreamt that she was in sort of, it looked like a kitchen or something. And there was this dark entity next to her. And I said to my mother, that looks like the Archangel Michael. And my mother kind of um, gave me a look like, oh boy, or you shouldn't have said that, or something like that. And all of a sudden, this dark entity came really fast at me like terrifyingly fast i was terrified and i started to scream and i know i was screaming in my dream and i think i was screaming when i woke up and i don't know what that was all about i i haven't dreamt about my mother passing and that was the first dream that i had of her so mm. okay I, it doesn't mean that there's anything at all the matter um uh, we teach on this show relentlessly that everything turns out to be love, okay? When it doesn't look like love, then it is just love doing a very good job of hide and seek mm -hmm. with you, that this is the uh, uh, appearance of something that's not actually true. Did you have something you wanted to? Oh, uh, I can wait if, if you, or do you want me to go? Uh, no, I just was uh, uh, misinterpreting apparently, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah, I, well, just that it was done. staged in the kitchen is the idea of nourishment, and uh, that, it, it, first of all, is normal 
uh, to not necessarily dream about someone who's departed for a while. It takes a while for the, the mind to become uh, willing to process the information that the dream represents. So all of that's very normal, uh, not to be concerned about that. Uh, the idea of the dark entity, the idea of um, superstition, the idea that your power is somewhere outside of you, uh, just to say it with the direct connect, um, this is not true. Whatever the dark one is, it's just a form of love. The word nemesis originally meant your best friend. In ancient Greece, nemesis meant best friend. And the best friend will very often employ tough love in order to get you from one place to another with the minimum damage to you, believe it or not, considering what Nemesis uh, uh, proceeds to appear to be. So Nemesis plays havoc with resistance. Okay, does all that make sense so far? Um, yeah. Okay, now resistance is, um, traction is also resistance. And traction is necessary for us. So we can get to the traction without going through resistance by employing the idea of love. In other words, instead of resisting it, you love it, and then it moves you forward. Follow? Okay. Yeah. Well, okay, so instead, just one more conclusion. So then instead of the dark entity, uh, look, at it as, uh, look at it as a disguised love and allow that to move you towards uh, the recognition that um, I believe your first impression was correct, that it was actually, um, did you say St. Michael, I believe? Archangel Michael. Archangel yeah. Michael. Yeah, and so that's, um, and I don't, uh, if there was another conclusion, but go ahead, whatever. Okay, well, if you yeah. think of it, we can mm -hmm. go back to it. Well, one of the things I was picturing when you were saying that is no matter how much we know about spirit realm and, and how religious or faithful we are, spiritual we are, there is a lot to process when someone we are close to passes. It changes things, life changes. It, that look, place where they were is gone and other things rush in. And so we have a lot of feelings that we do process that sometimes if we are very spiritual and say, oh yes, mom's in heaven and I know everything's fine now, that, that some of our emotions don't necessarily get processed. So I was seeing that that dark energy that was coming at you could be the fear of death or the fear of the unknown. And that uh -huh. your mother and your angels are, since Archangel Michael, it appeared as Archangel Michael, and I even said earlier in the show, and I felt this for many years, that it's never these dark, evil places we go. It's just glasses we put on that we view the divine through. And those lower frequency locations, it looks dark. It looks like dark energy. It looks like a, a devil. It looks like whatever. But if we raise our frequency and put the glasses of higher frequency, it's our angels bringing us this beautiful information. And I think that that is really, really what was going on there. So it appeared as your angel your, with your mother. And so it's saying, really, raise your vibration and start to see that this whole event is really a, a higher vibration. And I have found in all the years I've been doing this kind of work and um, getting messages for people from spirit realms and things like that, that it's almost difficult for beings to uh, communicate with us when we're really upset. And frankly, we, we're going to be upset when someone passes. And so the more of the chasm there, the more they could be communicating and the more we're not seeing it, we can feel alone. And so in the dreams, maybe you're 
guides and angels were saying that this is an unknown thing. We can't know it. It's an unknowable thing with our brain, but trust it and maybe deal with your fears. So I think it was your fears rushing at you as an opportunity for you to embrace them and oh, become yeah, bigger than that. Oh, yeah, that was the thing that I had. Yeah. yeah that, that was just your fear. Yeah. That was mm -hmm. not actually a dark entity. That was, in reality, your fear. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, thank you. It cleared up a lot for me. Oh, oh excellent, good. excellent. Yeah. Well, thank you. Brilliant call. Yeah. Okay. And I would say, of all, I've done so many dream interpretations. I've been doing dream interpretations since I was a child. I've done it as an adult. I've, I've uh, studied. I, I know probably every technique of dream interpretation. and invented a number of myself. So I've seen a lot of dreams. And I will say that there is a large percentage of people that dream of people they love that have passed, that it comes to them in a scary form, either seeing them still in the hospital or them isolated or uh, a parent that died and then they, in the dream, they thought that they were gone but then remembered that they were in some nursing home somewhere and they hadn't been there for years and years and that kind of thing. And I think that's dealing with our feelings. It's not really anything like you were saying. It's nothing that's, yeah, that's yeah. frictional. We human beings just don't have a clue about how truly powerful, how brilliant, what brilliant pieces of light each and every one of us is. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter level of accomplishment. None of this stuff matters. We are all light that is slowed down enough to be matter, but there is within you a, a piece of you that is still light that is the very center of you, that is your connection to God, if we, uh, if the connection to all so that is. So proof that we matter. Yeah. Because we and are. We are in matter, so. Now, the idea of um, becoming in command of this, the idea of not listening, we, we spend all day long hearing a thousand different techniques that'll do this, that'll do that. It's the idea that you are the one creating all this, and there's this uh, incredible uh, amount of information being thrown at us, and as you know, every bit of it's true because it's on the internet. You know, everyone knows true that. from yeah. some perspective. If it's on the internet, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the whole thing—it's time for us to remember that we're creating this. Could we please just do that with a certain amount of style? Could we do that with aplomb? Could we do that with finesse? Could we do that with humor? Could we do that with authority? Can we do it with sovereignty? Can we do it with um, a direct connect focus to what it is we wish to accomplish in our life? And then just allow that to happen instead of manipulating it into, because um, it won't go into existence as long as you're manipulating it. And so if you just decide it and you allow the decision to manifest, then you're on top of it. Uh, otherwise, you are just uh, struggling through the, um, what's that word, feces, uh, struggling through the negativity that uh, people uh, just really have to swim in. I don't see why, but enjoy yourself. I'm just not interested. <sighs> uh, so long as we're having fun, and that really is the reason. You know, the more joy you have, the more evolved you are. Did you know that? The more you experience joy, the more evolved you are. That's true. I'm not talking That's about uh, sick little you know, people that derive joy from hurting people. That's not what I'm talking well, about. Well, that's not joy. At all. No, anyway. whatever satisfaction. But that just means that their childhood was full of people abusing them. That's all that means. And then if you actually go, I love you, they'll run away. This is all nonsense. Pick a bully, any bully. All bullies suffer from self-esteem. The bullies in your dreams suffer from low self-esteem. 
or low pressure steam at any rate, but you know, this whole concept. If uh, Nelson Muntz, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, logo of the bully, how do we put that? The Simpson-esque bully, yes. And uh, as soon as anybody um, uh, recognized value in him, he transmuted in front of him. That's the whole thing about it. You know, the bully gets you to get you a martial arts degree is about all any bully's ever done. Well, a bully, a bully um, is successful in what they do because it cordons people off from themselves, feeling mm -hmm. safe and contained. I would say the biggest motivator behind everything is us, number one, attempting to feel significant. And I don't know why. It, it, maybe there is some evolutionary purpose behind that because it gets us to invent and excel or whatever. But I think that the demise of certain things that are going on in our world, which it's all a blessing, it's moving us forward, would, would go away if we didn't have that insatiable craving to be lovable and, and to be significant and just know that we are. Yeah. But the bully plays on that, makes you feel isolated, makes you feel different. Just like our media, the, the marketing tools of making you wrong in order to sell you things, making you afraid, making you afraid of your body odor so you buy deodorant, afraid of this so you get plastic surgery. And that's, that's how we manipulate and control each other. I love but, the way my armpits smell. I know. Neville, you haven't said that in a very long time, and it's Thank about you time you me. said that. Yes, yes. I adore the way my yes, body Yes, it's been odor. many years. Yes. Many, many years very since good. you've said yes. that. It takes a real That's individual good. to uh, it does. It does. love and their so, eructation, by the way. Yeah. I'm very proud of you, and that's yes, very so good, I. and it's a good statement to reality and stuff like that. But our dreams tell, tell us about that kind of stuff, too. We learn to love ourselves in our mm -hmm. dreams. When we go to sleep at night, we detox body, mind, emotions, and spirit. We metabolize, we understand, we gain wisdom, we have cognitive shifts, and we move forward as a, as a grow, grown being, as an ascended, evolutionarily ascended being by our dreams. And one thing that a lot of people don't know is that when you do without sleep, you can die after eight or nine days. That's why they use it as a torture device. And I'm not sure of the exact day, number of days, but it's around that time frame, and I'm sure it's different for everyone. But your body, when you sleep at night, pulls out all these heavy metals, these toxins, and, and offloads a lot of things that you can't do when you're awake. So you become very toxic. That's why people gain a lot of weight when they have difficulty sleeping, because their body is just holding on to everything, and the liver gets very taxed. So that's not just with our body. It's also with our emotions. People get very grumpy when they haven't had sleep because they haven't been able to process and let go from an expanded state of mind. Meditation does help with that. Mm -hmm. So your sleep is important. We're the only species that purposefully denies ourselves sleep. You don't see mice or, or cats running around drinking espressos smoking that cigarette and saying, oh, I haven't caught four mice today. I've got to get, get up there and I've got to stop sleeping. No other species does that except for us. And it's very detrimental to everything. The feeling of being loved, the feeling of feeling safe, a feeling significant. We oh, forget absolutely. all that when we yeah. don't sleep. And then we have such a stressful environment on top of it where we need even more sleep. Typical human trick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely. Okay, so, well, what is a, a good dream that, that you have had in your life? 
Uh, well, I had wanted to uh, talk about the idea of uh, uh, falling asleep and waking up is a very significant part of dreams mm -hmm. both. Mm -hmm. And I agree. so on either side, I have elaborate meditations that I go through every time I go to sleep. Even for a nap, I'll do some percent of the meditation. Uh, and then uh, uh, when you wake up, they said when you wake up, you're still completely in touch with your dreams. Uh, unless you're awoken by an alarm clock, in which case you're completely in touch with um, a neighbor knocking on the door, wondering what the ruckus is, or well, you know, you're the shattered. Rest of that. You're shattered away. You're shattered away. Yeah. You fall awake, right? Right. Yeah. And it breaks that thread. Yeah. So the idea of the dream journal and the idea of uh, spending time to connect and collect. Uh, your dream time information is a mm -hmm. very important thing to do. Yeah. And uh, so you might set yourself up uh, a dream journal, for example, by the bed. But let me go to the idea that the, um, uh, the dreams, the first, the dreams don't stop. If, you don't, if you're not woken by a start, then the dreams are still on when you open your eyes and begin to uh, realize that you're in the room but you're still dreaming. And then those dreams come, for me, it's like a, uh, a subway car is going by with each little window in the subway car, a separate and complete total dream. And any one you could tag and enlarge uh, just by effort of uh, knowing that you can do this. So getting in touch with all of this stuff is an uh, important thing for us to do. And to that is so vital and I'm so glad that you brought that up. Yeah. And um, uh, for those that might be interested in learning more, I have a, a short dream course that's online that people can um, take uh, via an online manner. But I also do a radio show called Inner oh, Wisdom yeah. mm -hmm. that's on Blog Talk. And uh, one of the shows on there is about dreaming and I go into quite a few techniques of capturing your dreams and you are exactly right. The meditation before and after, writing in your dream journal at night, maybe writing a few things, a summary of the day. It helps you in your dream analysis later, but it also helps you to detox that stuff so you don't have to waste your time. Uh, like I was saying, the, the, the uh, intestines and, and your body detoxing, mm -hmm. that's why people used to say if you eat something before you go to bed, you'll have nightmares. It's because it's best to go to bed with a somewhat empty stomach, not so empty that you're hungry and you have blood sugar issues, but, but empty enough that then your body can use its resources not for digesting food, but for clearing yourself out. Uh, and it, it's on all levels, it's not just your intestines, but it's your whole body, that whole dynamic. But Neville does do his meditations, and I agree staying in bed and pulling the dreams back. And sometimes if you wake up and the dream is escaping you, I have found that if I turn over to the other side, oh. that somehow the position of my head when I had the dream, that if I put my head back in that position, the dream mm -hmm. comes back. Now, not if I put a lot of data and input in there before I, I reach it, mm -hmm. but that was something that was really interesting. Well, I thought it had to do with the dream was on the other side of the pillow. So I would just roll my head to the other side of the pillow and that would have that dream oh, again. I, I've never heard that, but. Yeah, well, I, I had the body of evidence to prove this to myself in that I oh. laid down on the pillow and remembered the dream from the night before and decided not to start it again. Mm. But I could have decided well, to start it well, again. I mean, I really do think it's the angle of the head because mm. oh, of the automatic you. writing I've done for years 
and the channeling of certain information, I found for a while that if I got into a meditation and turned my head at a certain oh. angle, certain information would mm -hmm. just be sitting there. I could write about it. I've never read about it. I didn't know anything about it. And I could type it out with l literally no spelling or gra grammar yeah, errors. No, so I think that that is the case with dreams too, because I rolled over. So it, it give, that a, give that a go. Mm -hmm. But your morning meditations, I think, are very profound. I, I tend to have a lot more um, interruptions in my, my time mm -hmm. than you do, although I still make time for that. But you've been very disciplined with your morning meditation ever oh, since I've known you. many, many years, yeah, yeah. And it's an important thing to do. Mm -hmm. It opens countless doors. It opens countless doors. We human beings are capable of the things we have no idea about we are capable of the largest imaginable pictures were capable of a single thought that would end war. What's the single thought that would end war? Love, love is the single thought that would end war. Get a load of that, to process that. Send me an email, get, <laughs> you know. This, this concept, we have no cognizance because we spend a lifetime being told that we are worth nothing. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine doing that to your children? Careful, yeah, you know. This is, you have to tell the kids they're great, they'll turn into. But still, you have to tell them this because we, we this planet, <clears throat> well, I'm not going to other planets. Call in if you'd like a whole show on other planets because this is uh, too big of a, a process. Just we are, we are capable of far more than we believe we're capable of. And if we have been brought up in an environment that was not um, uh, allowing us to be less than we are, that was encouraging us to be more than we are, then we could have uh, the far more advanced civilization far more rapidly. It's on its way, you know, the reptilians can scatter uh, all they would like because there are more and more of us awake than there were two minutes ago, three minutes ago. There are more and more of us awake. And this happens all the time. And so there's one, dream yourself awake, all right? There you go, just dream yourself awake. And when you wake up in the morning, you go, damn, I'm awake. Something's the matter. I'll, I'll drown that with caffeine. Yeah, that'll work. That's sort of a habit, isn't it? All right, fine. I'll have a sit. No, that's a habit. I'm just awake. Why aren't I comfortable with this? Because you have no precedent set. You have no, uh, that's normally what happens when you wake up. You're awake. Yeah, mm -hmm. instead of lost in whatever the dream time was, instead of lost in this and that. Lost in space. Uh, well, that was a yeah. great series. I like that. Yeah, feel free to call in with a dream. We're going to be doing the duck soon, so yeah. you can still call in with a dream during the reading section if, mm -hmm. if that's what you choose. It's really powerful, and uh, I, I wish people would take advantage of this because yeah, yeah. Well, between Neville and I, we can pretty much get like all all different angles on oh, the yeah. dream. Far more than you would. That would be good. Be aware it of. struck me as um, those times when I do not have as much of a, a time for that meditation in mm -hmm. the morning, which is really where I get so much of my valuable information, is it, it makes us feel lonely because we lose that inner door access. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I hear here quacking. Comes the duck. Yes, the duck is on the Cheese way. and quackers, anybody? Sean is uh, manning the duck this evening. <laughs> Somehow and manning and duck don't really go too well in the same sentence. Well, for those who This is actually easier. This was freedom. Uh, 
So freedom is not being attached to an outcome. And earlier I was attached to the outcome of having a regular set and then I let go of that and I became free. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. What the did you get? The minute you let go of something, it becomes mm -hmm. free. Understanding. So, um, so this is a quote from Marianne uh, Rada's book, uh, Obelescent Nine. Thought is a function of life. You are a manifestation of thought. The aspiration of thought is the understanding. The aspiration of thought is understanding. The end of understanding is love. And that sums it up really quite well, I thought. Although, um, yeah, that's true. I guess we could see ourselves as a thought, but I, I see me as the thought generator. No, still, this is true. But so that's I'm, an interesting thought. I'll ponder that. Yeah, Intriguing. so. Yeah, um, we are a manifestation of thought. So if we think poorly of ourselves, we manifest very poor things. If mm -hmm. we That's true. think well of ourselves, if we think grandly of ourselves, if we think of ourselves as heroic. Well, why don't we, we all say out loud right now, I love and accept myself as I am, OK? I, I love, love and, and accept, accept myself, myself as, as I, I am, am. And I will be better. And I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough, and gosh yeah. darn it, people like me. And I, I love Stuart Smalley. I thought that was brilliant, actually. It is. OK. Yeah. I'm not just making fun of that. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Shalonda. And I would like a reading from Mary, a general reading. OK. I would absolutely mm -hmm. be happy to do that. All right. So let's see what we get. This is an now, interesting. Readings are, in a sense, a dream. Isn't that interesting? They are. They are, actually, very mm -hmm. much like a dream. OK. so. What we have is the first card is the card of patience. And it is talking about that really patience and waiting are different in, in that waiting, we're not really sure that we're going to get it. Whereas patience says, we know we are, and it's just a matter of time. This card also can represent pregnancy or fertility. So I would just leave that with you to apply as you will. Sometimes it can talk about a state of being very uh, receptive to that kind of thing. And um, that changes are, are afoot. <laughs> so I'm not telling you that you're going to have a baby or you just had a baby and it's changing your life, because that would be for you to say. But what I am saying is that fertility is there. And it could even be a new job. It could be um, a, a new relationship. Something new is coming. And it is creating change. No, this is the third. And um, then this is a card, the cat is from my spirit animal cards. And it is the card of independence. Earlier, like I was saying, the cat doesn't conform and start getting all stressed out because it hasn't caught enough mice or whatever that may be, that the cat is of an independent nature. And so it's saying, make sure you take care of your own interests in these changes. And you don't have to do it from the perspective of fighting, struggling, or feeling like you're being too selfish. It's just a matter of this is what I'm putting on the table. This is the money that I'm asking for, that kind of thing. Well, we human beings are taught our whole mm -hmm. life to seek things that are outside of ourselves. Oh, boy, yeah. There's absolutely nothing that is outside of us. That is uh, one of the first idioms in the subject of magic. It's all already inside of you. Stop resisting its presence. Yeah. And so then we can shift, and that seems to That's apply true. in this particular person's case. Yeah, very good. All right. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Edith. I'm just calling Edith. for a reading from Mary. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to hang up. Thank you. OK, thanks, Edith. All right, let's see what we get here. 
And also, those that are looking for readings, you can call the radio show Tuesdays at 11.30 a.m., and I do readings there, too. Tell them how to do that. Uh, well, that's the tricky thing. Uh, I send out, it's on Blog Talk. If you just search under my name, you'll be able to find it. But mm -hmm. Tuesdays, um, there's, there's not really like one simple button push, but I'm working on figuring that out. Okay, the first card we get is the, um, but if you friend me on Facebook, you'll always get the link. So maybe that's incentive to do that. Mary Phelan, that's all you have to search on. And please, I would love to ha have you as a friend. This is a card of flowering. And it's saying that seeds that have been planted are now reaching fruition and creating fruit, which will then create seeds again. So it's coming full circle in a lot of ways, and it represents a stability of sorts, like something that you've been really wishing for. And this awakening card is talking about, like the sun coming up, that there is uh, an enlightenment that is awakening within you. Sometimes if we look at the same thing over and over, we just don't see it. It's like the brain has already designed what that scene is, and you could move things around a hundred times that the brain is still going to continue seeing the one that it had in its, in its cue, in its, in its former, um, uh, lo uh, former memory. And it's time for a refresh, like reload the page, because things are really changing that you may still be assuming are in the, in the old way, and so it's a perspective change. Now the zebra is about seeing things clearly, the black and white of things, that if, if you see the letter E, it's defined by that white of the background, and so they work together. And so this is a time to look at details, pay attention to what's going on, know that what you're looking for is coming to fruition, and see things through different eyes because you may have missed something. Great, thank you. Okay, and we have our next caller. Hi, caller, what's your name, please? Hi, uh, this is Kathy. Kathy, what can we do for you? Hi, I'd like a reading from Mary, and uh, I'll hang up and... Okay, well, thank you for calling. Excellent. Yeah. Let's see what we get. All right, so the first card is, th this is very much like what we were talking about earlier, about um, going through the dark night of the soul or the, the 40 days in the desert where we explore our fears and everything. This is saying that you've done that. You've had times in your life where things that have happened, sorrow t things and things that um, have been very uh, poignant for you have led you to a place where you are um, like coming through and you have so much to offer other people to help them through their time too. And this is the card of letting go. Like you can't make that flower grow in a different way than it is currently growing. You have to just allow things to take their natural course. And so that's what it's telling you right now is maybe do uh, that you are on the, one of these spiritual journeys where you're letting go of some old events and maybe even some injustice that could have happened in the workplace or, or something and say, let it go because the universe knows how to balance everything out. And this is a time of not, not acting, but maybe hanging back, hanging back and seeing how, how things unfold before you act, because there's going to be more information coming through. So thank you. Excellent. So we're about to be at Ruby Tuesdays. We're only are in Ruby Tuesdays, especially if this is Thursday night rather than a rebroadcast. And you're very welcome to join us. 
and uh, we would be quite pleased. And with I've that. got the new calendar posted. And if you would like to be on the mailing list, you can go to our website and join the mailing mm -hmm. list for. And uh, I know we have our next caller. Great. Um, Serpent Mound. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, yes, I have uh, two things. One, a question, mm -hmm. and uh, then we'd like a reading from Mary. And okay. my question is, uh, what is the d difference in the levels of dreaming in black and white in color? I, I dream in color, and I've had people in my lifetime tell me, no, people do not dream in color. And I'll hang up and, and uh, thank you. Thank you. That's thank a great you. question. And we had started well, to talk about it, and we never finished. So that's yeah. great. So it, uh, color is frequency. You're dreaming at a higher frequency. Color is synonymous with emotion. Um, colored dreams are far more emotional. Black and white, uh, it's common language that we speak every day. This is in black and white. This means that there's no variance in it, there's no room for flux, there's no uh, the color. Color flows, color awakens, color in, uh, vivifies things. Yeah, that is so, an interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it can be that, that um, the black and white is something that's more uh, referencing a tangible for you, mm -hmm. uh, and the color is more well, symbolic too, or in feeling. Children them. will tend more towards black and white in their dreaming because they are putting in the basic logic of the uh, incarnation that they're about to have. Well, and, I, but as soon as you oh, become down a, to three adolescent. Here. Uh, I've always dreamed in emotional. color, so I, yeah. I, I think the few okay. times that I do dream in black and white, it's for a specific purpose. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, we'll talk more about that at another time. Yeah, yeah. The first card we get is healing. One of the things I noticed about your voice when you spoke is I felt that there was this great healing capacity that you have, that you can heal people by speaking to them, by, by being a counselor, being a good friend, and that maybe it's time for you to develop it. And it's through the course of your own healing that you've gotten so good at being able to help other people. And here this communication is saying to broadcast yourself out there, put your voice out there, allow it to, to go out there into the universe, because there is a lot that you have to offer. I also felt like maybe it's time to pick up the phone and call somebody. Maybe you've been waiting for a signal or waiting uh, for them to call you, but it, this might be a good time to call or, or call someone that you're close to and talk. Just a good time to do that. The giraffe also is is a, a being that reaches and uh, and sees things from above and reaches higher and doesn't get caught up in the, in the weeds so much, but is is way up there in, in the higher view and sticks his neck out and risks uh, something. And Neville says love and risk mean the same thing. And so now it's time to take that risk. Mm -hmm. Take that, make that phone call or write that email. Love is risk. Yeah, risk but the, is the color thing, I have even seen in dreams where I was walking around this corner and I saw this body of water that was a color I have never seen. And I cannot even equate it to any color here. It's not just a combination of colors. It doesn't exist from our primary color spectrum. Mm -hmm. So it does yeah, show you promised, that, so. that we do go to different frequencies because yeah. there are col different color frequencies. We, the human race, have been promised new colors. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Were you observing so, that the rainbow No, the rainbow is very different, different than what it was when we were kids, mm -hmm. depending on how long ago that may have been. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, come see us at Ruby's. Yes. It'll be fun. And uh, very soon I will be having Neville's waveforms and stuff all up online for people mm -hmm. to view. And I'm also working on a website for his paintings, but that's going to be a longer. Yeah, uh, excellent. Mm -hmm. all the way around. Well, it was our joy and yeah. honor to take you to the door. 
Yes, and you're going through it. Just quit. Just go through it. Just go boldly go through, it. through it, as you used to say. Yeah, yeah. No, really, do do that. Instead of kicking and screaming. Uh, which we are most uh, well. And thanks to our crew for helping us out tonight. We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And we will see you guys next week. Same bat channel, same bat time, 11.30, Thursday evenings, Eastern, 8.30. Did I say that? Yeah, 8.30, Eastern Standard Time. And it's rerun Friday mornings and Saturday night here yeah, on Channel and 10 we'll and posting. online anytime. Yeah, and you will be posting this show shortly. And it'll be in podcasting soon, too. Yeah, so thank excellent. You. Okay. All right, then. Thank you. Good night, Jane. You ate me. <laughs>